Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Are you hiding from the IRS? Like, just pay the taxes. I like it. It's not a good look. Woo! This wig is not to be repeated. Burn that, and it'll probably melt, because I'm sure she is synthetic. Robin, Robin, Robin. She debuted a new look this week on The Real Houses of Potomac that left the other cast members shocked, bewildered, and befuddled. No one could believe their eyes when Rock and Robin came into frame with that new hair. It had sort of a red hue to it, which, of course, reminded me of Red Robin, the chain restaurant. Which I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. They have a fantastic buffalo chicken wrap at Red Robin, which is neither here nor there. The point is, Rock and Robin really shocked everyone. We're going to be breaking all of that down, the entire episode of The Real Houses of Potomac. Also, after that, I'm going to be talking about The Bachelorette because I'm on a new journey with Claire uh, on ABC's The Bachelorette. She's really into this guy named Dale. Dale. So I'm going to be talking about that after Potomac. As always, you can look in the episode description for the timestamps on the podcast and skip ahead if you don't want to listen to a portion of the podcast or you just want to go to a specific point, although I don't encourage that. I encourage you listening to the whole thing. But if you want to skip ahead, the option is always there. Now, before I get into Potomac, I do have to just tell a quick story, a quick little update. A few weeks back, on the show, I told you guys about a seasonal body wash that I love. It's a pumpkin icing, that's the name of it, pumpkin icing body wash from Philosophy. Now, by the way, this is not an ad. I just got to say up front, this is not an ad, but they have a pumpkin icing body wash that I love. Now, even more than the pumpkin icing body wash, I love a body wash they have called Candy Cane, which is peppermint. It's like a Christmas body wash that they just got in. And truly, that's like my number one, my favorite thing ever. I love it. I look forward to it all year long for the Candy Cane Body Wash. And they just had it on sale a couple weeks back. I ordered it. It arrived at my doorstep. I took it out of the box. I also ordered something called Christmas Cookies uh, Body Wash, which I had never tried before, gotta say. Delightful. But I take these holiday things out. And I put them on my bathroom counter. And I think I'm going to save them for when I really need them, when I really want something special. Right? So... In our apartment, let me just back up for a minute. One of the doors in our apartment, the lock is broken. So we have a door that leads into the master bedroom, and right outside of that door is another door that leads into the bathroom uh, where I shower. So the lock on the door that leads into the bedroom has been broken. We've been holding off on having the maintenance man come because of the pandemic. We haven't had anyone in our apartments for seven months or something, my boyfriend and I. Uh, But we finally decided, you know, we're going to get in touch with the maintenance man and schedule him to come. So my boyfriend did all that. And I just assumed the maintenance man would be coming during the week, right? That's what I figured. They don't normally come on the weekend. So Saturday, I go for my run outside. I come back and I'm thinking, the whole time I'm on my run, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to treat myself after this run and I'm going to use that candy cane body wash in the shower. And I'm so looking forward to it. And I was just in the Christmas spirit. 
uh, I was ready for the holiday season, even though it's no Halloween time. <laughs> I was ready for it. So that's what I'm thinking the whole run. So I come in from my run. I take off my clothes. I go into the bathroom. And uh, I'm not even thinking. I don't close any of the doors because no one's been in our apartment for so long. And at this point, I don't even care who sees me naked because, you know, we're in this 2020 here. All bets are off. So I leave both doors open as I have been for seven months, but I head into the shower. And not only do I bring in the candy cane body wash, but I also decide to put on Holly Dolly Christmas, Dolly Parton's Christmas album. So I'm like ready to celebrate the season, right? So I get in the shower and doors open. I'm in the shower and I'm singing along to Holly Dolly Christmas and I'm trying the candy cane body wash. And the candy cane body wash, this is going to sound dramatic, but it makes me like, I, I, it makes me <laughs> make these noises like, <laughs> I was using it. I was like, ah, ah, oh my God, it's so good. Ah, ah, it's good. As Holly Dolly Christmas is playing, I'm like making like orgasming sounds and I'm not masturbating in the shower. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not what I was doing. I was just enjoying the candy cane body wash while Holly Dolly Christmas is playing the album. So I get out of the shower, and as soon as I get out of the shower, I look up, and I see the maintenance man, like, literally five feet away at the door, fixing the door handle. And I'm shocked, okay? Like, I, li- I gasp. And I like cover myself, you know, I had the towel, but I still was like, I I didn't even notice. And I'm thinking, how long was this man there? Like, was he there the whole time? I was in the shower making these orgasms. Like, it was a fucking herbal essence commercial in my shower as I'm trying the candy cane. And I'm thinking, did he think I just masturbated to the Holly Dolly Holiday album? Like, what is he thinking? And so this guy, he like looks at me, he goes, you know, I knew a lot of people like Dolly Parton, but I've never met someone who liked her that much. And you guys, that's what he said to me. (laughs) So of course I laughed and I was like, oh, but I didn't want to explain that I wasn't masturbating, if that makes sense. Like I didn't even want to approach that conversation. So I just sort of laughed and then I like closed the bathroom door. But it was horrifying, horrifying that man. I'm sure he left the building, and it's this older straight gentleman who's married. I'm sure he went home and told his wife, like, I was just at this gay man's apartment, and he was masturbating to a Holly Dolly Christmas album in October. It's not even Halloween yet, you guys. And this man thinks I was masturbating. And I had, for those of you who've listened to the podcast from the beginning, you know I had sort of a, a Miss Piggy mishap. I had a gay porn Miss Piggy mishap that you'll have to go back and remember or, or listen to. But you guys, that candy cane body wash, woo, it makes me do things. It makes me do things. Uh, anyway, you guys, we got to talk about Potomac. First, we open with Giselle jewelry shopping for Jamal and Robin, or I'm sorry, for Juan and Robin. Juan, my boyfriend, shows up, and he was wearing a gray-headed sweatshirt, and I was a little bit disappointed, and I'll tell you why. He had a gray hoodie on, and so I thought when they would pan out, when the camera would pan back, we would see him in gray sweatpants, which there's nothing hotter than a man in gray sweatpants. Ladies, am I right? But he wasn't wearing, alas, he was wearing other pants, and so that was a a bit disappointing. Um, But they did get the ring, for Juan to propose. Meanwhile, Robin was at home making a hat commercial for her hat line. You know, the animal print hats. Um, she was making commercial for that at home. So, and she was doing some entrepreneurship at home. 
Uh, meanwhile, Monique is getting ready for the podcast show with Pearl, her godfather. Or Chris's godfather. Gotta love a man named Pearl. Love it. Love this man. Uh, she's working. This is a, the third live podcast show. She said tickets have been terrible so far. Only 20 out of 300. But it looked like at the event there were way more people there than 20, I believe. And I was thinking in my head with all the press about Candace, because they even have been showing us week after week that the stuff about Monique and Candace had been in the press before this point. So I would have thought like everyone would have showed up. That place would have been sold out because there was all this good press about Monique and Candace. So I don't know if it ultimately sold out, but it should have, I would think. Also, I felt really guilty because Monique was putting together these like tote bags with all this stuff in it to give the guests at the podcast live show. And you guys, when I did the Everything Iconic live shows, I didn't give anyone anything. And I felt guilty about that as I was watching this episode. I thought, should I have given people a tote bag with some pens and stuff in it? Like, I don't know what that shit was that she was giving everyone, but I was feeling guilty. I'm sorry to those of you who came out to the Everything Iconic Live shows. Uh, And in the future, when I'm finally able to get back on the road again, I'm not probably giving you guys totes, because that seems uh, like a bad business move, doesn't it? Like, you've got to buy all that stuff. I know. uh, Maybe I'm a bad... Am I a bad host or a bad person? I don't know. But it did make me want to go to Monique's live show. I thought, I want a bag. Who doesn't love a goodie bag? Anyway, Monique... Uh, she invited Robin to the live show. Robin said no. Wendy said no. Karen did say yes at this point. Uh, Karen, speaking of Karen, her and Ray, they go to somebody else. Now, a couple weeks ago, we saw them go to a DJ. You guys remember when Karen and Ray, they went to that DJ woman whose name was Angela. And Karen says to us this week, Angela didn't work out. Like, because of course, Angela didn't work out. She was a DJ and you were asking her to fix your marriage and give you therapy, and she was just a disc jockey. So this week on the show, Karen's like, Angela didn't work out, now we're going to life coach. And I'm thinking, what's next, Karen? Next week on the show, you're going to say, Ray didn't want therapy, but I finally got him to go to someone with therapy in their title, so we're at a massage therapist. You know, like, just make Ray go to traditional therapy. At this point, Ray, just, you know, get over your hangups about it, and go to therapy, because that's what you guys need. They don't need to go to life coaches. Not that there's anything wrong with a life coach. It's just, what is going on with Ray that he can feel not emasculated by going to a life coach and a DJ, but a therapist crosses the line? I mean, what is going on? By the season finale, they're just going to be going to a chiropractor to fix their marriage troubles. Like, that's what's going to happen. Like, what? <laughs> just go to the thing. And I'm sorry, the excuse for Ray's views on everything and the fact that, like, Karen's now in the spotlight and his business is not. It's so, the excuse is that he's from a different generation. But, like, figure it the fuck out. I'm sorry, I get that he's older and he's from a different generation and we have to be patient. But go a little quicker, Ray. Like, absorb these things quicker and evolve. And we should all never stop evolving. And I hope I don't stop evolving at some point in my life. But it was like, I feel like when it comes to old people, sometimes we excuse their behavior. I remember... My grandparents are past now, but my grandpa, I remember my mom always saying, like, don't tell your grandpa you're gay. And so I would be, like, home with my boyfriend for the holidays. And my grandpa would ask my boyfriend and I, like, about our who we're dating, like, what girls are in our lives. And it was like, grandpa, like, this is the guy that I'm sleeping with, you know? And my mom and my dad would be like, well, he's old. He's from a different generation. He won't get it. 
And it's like, well, fucking figure it out. I don't care that he's, I mean, uh, come on, figure it the fuck out. Uh, anyway, Ray says he struggles with being Karen's husband. Uh, I just don't like Ray. I just don't like him. We then cut to Wendy, who's making a bottle to give to her daughter. And then it's a very shocking uh, turn of events that happened. She then eventually gives the other kids uh, some of the milk that she made in a dropper. And you guys, when I first saw this, I was sort of not paying attention. I think I had gone on Twitter, like, right as this scene was starting. or I, I don't know. I was looking something up or I, reading a news story or something. Sometimes I get distracted. and. I looked up and suddenly Wendy was like feeding uh, a dropper like a baby bird to her kids. And I was like, what's going on? So then I I literally rewound it. And you guys know, I don't always rewind things. I don't always do that. But I did rewind this like five times because I was like, what exactly is happening here? Um, But she she made a bottle and they did a bunch of milk metaphors. They did a lot of milk metaphor work. uh, And it was shocking. At one point, the dad was like, I want milk. And she's like, you get milk. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This was crazy to me. And I, I was thinking, what are the camera people thinking? What is, who is the producer there? What are they thinking during this scene? Like, I, I feel like I would have sort of short-circuited when she was feeding the dropper. And not that there's anything wrong with a parent feeding uh, their kids with milk. It's just something about it, you guys. And maybe I'm being crazy or whatever. You know, I don't have kids. I don't have kids, so maybe I'm missing something. But to me, I sort of felt like in Austin Powers, remember when the fembots just sort of like their heads exploded? That's when I felt like watching the scene, like, what's going on? Uh, and I'm, I'm not even sure what I thought was wrong with it, to be honest with you guys. It just felt so strange to me. I just felt strange. And may, that's on me. That's on me to get over. You know, I just talked about evolving. Maybe I need to evolve. Like Ray. I need to get out of my comfort zone and understand that feeding your grown children uh, your milk out of a dropper is maybe okay. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, But Wendy says she's doing a Wine with Wendy event. She's not inviting Monique, but she's having a lot of movers and shakers there. She calls Candace. Candace says she's having panic attacks about what happens next. That's what Candace says. And I gotta say, like, Candace is being a little bit extra about everything. Of course, uh, that might be me too if I was in Candace's position and somebody. Uh, physically attack me in that way, I might be the same way as Candace. But it seems to me that she's being dramatic. Even later in the episode, she had this exchange with Karen. I'm just going to skip ahead to this for a moment. Candace said uh, at the event Wendy had, Candace said, I'm hurt. And she was talking to Karen, and Karen said, well, I'm hurt today as well. And Candace says, but I'm hurt because I was the one who was attacked. And it just, that was like encompassed my feelings towards Candace of her like really trying to just play up this thing. And and use it for sympathy, I think. I'm not saying she's not the victim here. I'm just saying it feels like she's really playing it up. Really playing it up. And she said she's being attacked on social. And they showed us what she was being attacked, and I got that. I, I felt bad for her there. And sometimes, you know, people say the meanest things online. They really do. Yeah, I, I, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I think oftentimes people don't realize that these housewives see the stuff. And first and foremost, I get to say, most housewives do have somebody that does their social media. So, that said, they do also log in and will see things. It's not like they're blind to not see the comments that people say. So, although we're all interacting with social media people and not the actual housewives, uh, those housewives still probably log into their accounts and occasion when they're bored and look through the comments. So, that said, 
uh, we do see, oh, we have this scene with Giselle and Jamal, and they're driving. And Jamal seems awful, but he was holding on the whole scene when they were driving. Jamal was holding on to that thing in the car that no one really ever uses. You know, right above the window on the passenger side, there's like that handle. And I never see anyone use it, but Jamal was holding on for dear life. And I was thinking, is Giselle a terrible driver? Like, what is going on that Jamal Jamal is scared for his life? Uh, And then I realized it's because Giselle is driving and she wasn't even looking at the road, barely at all. She kept looking at Jamal. And that's when I had this aha moment, you know, in the Oprah aha moment way. I was thinking, why are Bravo Lebs allowed to film when they drive they shouldn't be allowed to. They shouldn't be allowed to drive and shoot scenes. I don't think that's safe. Have they ever had an accident before? Has a Bravo celebrity gotten into an accident while uh, shooting a scene? Because I don't think this is okay. They got a camera on them, and they're trying to do the scene with their scene partner. And usually in scripted work, if you're watching a sitcom or a movie, and they're in a car, most of the time, they're on a rigged car, so they're not actually driving. I don't know if you guys know this. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, if you're watching something scripted, they're not actually driving the car. Somebody, uh, they're on a rig. So in reality TV, I'm like, why are they allowed to shoot and drive? This seems dangerous. And Jamal was in danger. He was running on for his dear life. Uh, also, they should just have drivers. They should have drivers when they're shooting scenes. It seems safer. He's manipulative, though. I don't trust this Jamal. She said, she's like, I'm committed to you. And he's like, this is the first time I'm hearing it. And he's like, I've never assumed that you were committed. I just, you're a new person. I'm a new person. And it just felt so manipulative to me. And I don't even know exactly why I thought that. But I don't trust this guy. I don't trust him. And Giselle, you need to wisen up, okay? Giselle, if you're out there, I'm sure you're not listening to this program. (laughs) But wisen up. And I don't trust this man. I hope you trust him. I hope you trust him. Then we cut to Monique's live podcast. She says, oh my God, you guys, I laugh so hard, so hard. So she's backstage. She's got a hundred people backstage with who are going to be in this panel. She's got one woman who's going to be hosting it. She tells this woman, she says, uh, look, I don't want to talk about Candace. She says, don't ask about Candace. No Candace questions. She's very clear. We get it on camera. And then right when we open the live show of the podcast, the host says, what's the relationship with Candace? (laughs) What was the host's name? Ah, you guys, I loved it. It was so fucking funny. The host just said, what's your relationship with Candace? It was lights up. And she said in front of everyone, and Monique's face is like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Why did you ask that? She's like, I told you just two seconds ago backstage not to ask that question. Ah, you guys, I laughed. I laughed. By the way, uh, I was going to do the DC show. Unfortunately, that was canceled because of coronavirus, the Everything Iconic live show in DC. And uh, Monique was supposed to be the special guest. So unfortunately, hopefully, you know, we'll get that going again when we're allowed to travel and do live shows. But that's disappointing. Anyway, then we have this scene with Juan and Robin bowling. And I love bowling. The food looked great here, didn't it? All the food looked delicious. Uh, they're bowling with Robin's parents, and they talk about the tax issue. Robin tells him she's scared to tell him about the tax lien, uh, but she does. And then Robin gets up, and she leaves to go take a dump in the bathroom. And that's when uh, Juan tells Robin's parents that he's going to propose. And here's the thing. I know I joke about Robin taking a dump. 
I know that's so gross. People hate when I do that. I do it with all the housewives show whenever they leave to go to the bathroom. Um, I know it's gross, but I actually think it might have been true this episode because I was thinking Robin, when she went to the bathroom, they filmed her. So there was a cameraman on her as she walked in and out of the bathroom. And I thought, why would they do that if they were just naturally filming a scene? And Robin was like, I got to, I have to use the restroom. I don't think the camera people would follow her there on a Bravo show because they would just let her go. She's not with anyone. But they literally shot her in and out of the bathroom. And they must have wanted her in there for a while. And of course, they needed to time it out to make sure that she didn't come back with one. But I feel like this was all set up. I feel like either Robin really was in the bathroom for a while taking a dump, or it was set up by production. They were like, you need to stay in there for 10 minutes because we need to get this other scene done. Um, But it all just, it's something about it. uh, You guys, I'm too smart for this. I saw right through this whole production, Miss, whatever this was. I saw through it. They weren't fooling me. They were trying to fool us into thinking this all just happened naturally, and I don't believe it for one second. Because Robin would have had to been gone for too long in that restroom. So maybe she was gone for a while, and she had to go number two. That's a possibility. But I believe that they, they set this all up. And I think Robin and Juan were all in on it. I think everyone was in on it. The parents were in on it. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Then we cut to Wendy's event. Uh, I gotta say, Wendy, I love I love Wendy. You guys know how I feel about Wendy. And she seems to be having uh, her looks. I, I'm loving her fashions on the show. There's one confession I don't love of Wendy's. But other than that, I, I really think that Wendy has like season three Housewives looks. So, you know, the first season of Housewives, when, when the Housewives come on these shows, their first season, they're usually not always put together. But Wendy seems really put together. And I just got to say, I love that. I'm into Wendy. And I loved seeing this whole side of her. Uh, she's a political commentator, and we got to see a little bit of that side of her at this event. And she's encouraging people to vote. She uh, she gave this speech about the importance of local elections, and I got chills. Local elections are so important. By the way, next week is uh, election day. I hope all of you have voted. Send in your mail-in ballot if you can vote early. Whatever you got to do, go vote. Go vote. Oh, uh, speaking of politics, Karen and Ashley had a really funny exchange here. This was funny to me, at least. So they sit down for this event, and Ashley says to Karen, Karen, are you into politics? I've never asked you. I lay low because I go for what's right. Yeah. And then it just cuts to somewhere else. <laughs> I thought, like, so weird that they kept that in because it didn't really tell us anything, really, other than she votes for what's right. I mean, that was like, I- it was such a strange little moment that made me laugh. Yeah, and Ashley's response was, yep. Like she was so excited about it. Yep. <laughs> so that's when Robin shows up in the wig. And all of the expressions, Karen gave us a woo. She gave us a little woo that made me laugh. It's not a good look. Woo! Giselle said, this wig is not to be repeated. Oh my God, you guys, their reactions. That was enough. That was worth the price of admission for this show. It was just all their reactions to Robin's wig. Uh, then let's see. Yeah. Um, Wendy tells, oh, Wendy tells Giselle that Karen put up half the money for Ray. So remember when Wendy and Karen and Monique had that drunk moment at Monique's lake house? So Wendy tells Giselle about that moment about, uh, the Karen's finances and they think it's like a cry for help. Obviously, Karen wouldn't have said this much if she was sober. So they say, obviously she wanted us to know it. 
so she said it when she was drunk. So, of course, then, Giselle goes stirring the pot and tells the whole group, like she always does. Uh, Meanwhile, we have Karen and Candace who are talking um, in another part of this event, and Karen says she coddled Candace a year ago, and Candace is mad that Karen's not sticking up for her enough, or... It was a little unclear to me of, like, what more do you want Karen to do to Monique? Like, she did scold her. They even showed us the footage of Karen saying, what you did was inappropriate, or whatever Karen said to Monique in front of the group. It's like, what more do you want? I I really believe that, like, these women aren't super close with each other. They're cast on a TV show. They're not, like, besties. And so I really actually think that Karen is doing the right thing by she's not necessarily taking big sides here. She's just, she did scold Monique and said it was inappropriate. But it's like, what more do you want her to do? It's like, they all want her to stop filming with Monique. And it's just a strange thing. It's a strange thing. Oh, did you guys see the food at this event? Wendy knows how to feed people. The food at this event looked, they had huge plates of food. And I gotta applaud Wendy on that. She knows how to feed people because last time at the Sip and See, she had a ton of food too. And I support that in any human. When you're having an event, when you're having a party, you got to have lots of food. It's important. No one wants to show up to something and not be fed. We're hungry. We're hungry. Let's see. Oh, there's a little moment, too, of Wendy and Karen sort of getting into it. Karen says she won't abandon Monique. And Wendy says, I just want you to hold her accountable. But I, I felt like she did hold her accountable. I don't know. I don't know. They think she's playing both sides of the fence, Karen. And she is a little bit. But it's like, she's not super close to either one of them, probably. So it's like, what do you want her to do? She don't have probably much of an opinion on it either way. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Next week, uh, there's some stuff about Robin's hat. I don't know, I wrote that down. What does that even mean? Everyone in Robin's hat. I don't know, Rock and Robin, what does that even mean? Everyone in Robin's hat. Sometimes I write these notes and I say, what would I write that? What What does that fucking mean? Uh, Candace, oh, this is funny. So they introduced the cast trip. Candace shows the flag, and Wendy's the only one who knows where that is. It was so funny to just see their look on their faces. Candace, I believe, was the one who pulled out the flag. She's like, look where we're going. And the other women are just like so confused. And by the way, I was too. It's not like I know my maps. I'm not a good, I'm not a cartographer. I don't know the map that well. Um, so I wouldn't have known exactly that that was what was it, the Portugal flag. It would have taken me a minute, is what I'm trying to say. As I think, who among us wouldn't it have taken a minute to know that it was the Portugal flag? Okay. But it was still really funny to see all their faces. So then we see Ashley in therapy. Giselle and Karen have a sit down. Uh, Monique films more alone. And apparently, uh, Monique files versus Candace, files um, a report against Candace. So, you guys, that's the Real Housewives of Potomac. Uh, before we get into The Bachelorette, I have to say, uh, please subscribe to the new spinoff podcast, A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, which you can subscribe to on Spotify, Apple. Uh, my co-host, Jenna, and I, we're going to be breaking down holiday films. And we launch this week with a chat about 1995's Casper with Christina Ricci and Devin Sawa and Bill Pullman. And mostly, we sort of recap the movie, but mostly we just use it as an opportunity to do little tangents and we chat and all that stuff. So we're doing a little episode about Casper. Then we have a Thanksgiving episode coming. And then after that, we'll dive into some Christmas movies. So that podcast is called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. Go subscribe. You can also follow us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. We'll put all the updates there. 
But the first episode is launching this week, and we're doing like 8 to 12 episodes this year. Between now and the end of the year, we'll have 8 to 12 episodes. We'll see. Uh, But it's really fun. Jenna's a Hallmark and Lifetime movie writer, and uh, we just have fun. She's one of my best friends forever, and so we have a good time. So subscribe to that. And there's episodes from last season you can listen to as well. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Cheers to spending quality time together. Yes. Cheers. Quality Cheers. time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. If I can speak with Claire first, even if it's for five minutes, I would greatly appreciate that. Let's go. Claire and I have a special connection. When I get quality time with her, like... It's a wrap. Why are you so perfect? I'm not perfect. I feel like you're so perfect. I'm not perfect. You are. You're perfect. Oh, man. Uh, Let's talk about The Bachelorette. I just have a few thoughts about this. First of all, The Bachelorette, you guys, Claire Crawley, or I don't know how you say her last name, she's The Bachelorette. And I'm assuming that ABC wants us to hate her, right? Because I don't think that anyone can watch this show. And come out of it saying, like, I love this Claire, because she seems like a monster. She does. She was mad, though. Did you guys see the Cleveland guy? So there's this guy from Cleveland who was maybe one of the hottest to me. He was very hot. I'm not saying personality-wise, he was all that great. But very physically just attractive. And she goes, uh, pulls him off to the side. And 
he says, you know, I've been really looking forward to you know getting to know you or something like that. And she asks him, like, what did you know about me before? And he's like, not much. And then she gets pissed and sends him home right away. Doesn't even wait for the rose ceremony, just sends this man away. And it's like, you sent him away just because he's not up your ass and didn't, like, Google you before he came on the show, you know, or study your Wikipedia. It was, like, the strangest thing to me. And she just has this attitude. Even earlier in the episode, she's on this group date with these guys. And there was the smallest little awkward pause. Smallest little awkward pause where she she sort of mentions, like, somebody's going to pull me aside. And then no one does, like... there's five seconds of time where no one pulled her aside for a little one-on-one moment, and she loses it. She loses it. She goes to the group, and she said, if you don't want to be here, and she's like going off with these people. And I'm thinking, Claire, you need to cool it. Okay, it was a five-second pause. When I'm on a date, it's been a while since I've been on a first date, but when I've been on a first date, God God willing, uh, God knows there's a lot of awkward pauses. There was a lot longer than five seconds, longer than that pause. And she, here she is with 10 guys. It's awkward for everyone. They're filming. They're not used to filming a reality TV show. So, of course, they're not sure. And I was thinking in my head, they probably don't even know if they're supposed to pull her aside or if producers are going to step in and say, you go with her. They're probably not sure exactly how all this works. I, that, if I was on the show, that's how I'd feel. So, she's so mad that no one pulled her aside for one two seconds. I was like, Claire, you need to cool it. Then she makes them all do this dodgeball game, which I really appreciated because normally on television, we're always sexually uh, showcasing the women and it's always like too much, too much of uh, making the women take off their clothes and all that. So I did like the reversal on this episode of The Bachelorette when she made them play dodgeball and it was strip dodgeball. Although I do have a bone to pick because they made these people, these hot men, strip down to jock straps, And then they put these giant sensor bars all over their ass and their front side. And first of all, they were covered. They're allowed to show ass on network. That's number one. So they were able to show it. Number two is they were wearing jock straps, so they weren't fully naked. So that's even more reason to show it. They didn't need the big sensor bars. Number three, a woman on network television who was in a bikini would not have a sensor bar that big. They would not have a sensor bar that big. That sensor bar was huge. It was huge. And every single one of the men, I was like, I'm not even seeing anything on screen at this point. Because they got those big sensor bars around their the crotch region. And for what? They were clothed. And they couldn't show us these men in a jockstrap. But if these were women, there's no way they'd have a sensor bar that big. Women in bikinis are on television all the time. But these men who are in jockstraps, they got to put a big sensor bar on there? What the fuck is that about? Show us the dicks, ABC. You know, I don't, we don't need to see the whole thing. Uh, but they're wearing a jockstrap. They got clothes on. So show it. They're, I've seen NYPD Blue. They're allowed to show ass on network. I saw Mark Paul Gossler's ass on NYPD Blue in the 90s. So don't tell me that you're not allowed to show men in jockstraps. That's clothing. That pisses me off. Uh, What else? Oh, she's in love with this guy, Dale. Dale. This guy, she met him love at first sight. And I thought it was suspicious when the very first moment when this man got out of the limo, which those limo, you guys, I'm new to the Bachelorette and the Bachelor franchise, but the whole segment of these people just coming out of the limos and trying to do these bits, you guys, the bits. The bit. Do we just do that every season on this show? Every season, you just have these people coming on and doing bits. I don't even know how they get off work. They put the occupations in the in the lower thirds. They tell us, and you know, the occupations are all crazy. It's like, I don't know, sandwich, um, sandwich magician or something. <laughs> That's not an actual occupation on the Bachelorette, but I feel like it could be. Uh, but they do these bits when they get out of the limo, 
And I don't need to see a whole hour and a half of these bits. They need to speed that up. Because the whole first episode of them just getting out of the limo, I'm thinking, what is taking so long? Let's move on from this. And some of them are crazy. There was a guy who showed up in a straight jacket. And I'm like, he's nuts. That's the person you need to send home, not the other guy from Cleveland. Not the nice Midwestern boy who just didn't Google you before he got on the show. You need to send home the man who got out of the limo in the straight jacket. He's crazy. He's literally telling you he's crazy. Maya Angelou says, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. And this man was telling you, I'm fucking nuts. And you just let him in. You just were like, well, come on in as long as you kiss my ass. That's what Claire was thinking. Uh, and then somebody else showed up in a parachute. A parachute. Oh, and did you guys see that guy who showed up like Clark Griswold? He showed up like Clark Griswold. I was like, what's going on here? And then that other guy, Bennett, they let him have his own car. They let him have his own car. He showed up with like, like he was in the fucking Great Gatsby, like a low budget, ver- low budget version of the Great Gatsby that Bennett thinks he is. What is going on there? Oh, and Claire. I was kind of on the fence about Claire. I was at the beginning, I thought maybe I'll like her. Maybe she'll be sweet. Then mid episode, one of the first two episodes, she said she never saw my cousin Vinny. And I thought, mm mm, unacceptable, Claire. You need to stop this pause, pause this filming and go watch my cousin Vinny because it's a classic. It's a number one movie for me. And the fact that Claire has never even seen it is disgusting with me, uh, disgusting to me. But okay, back to the guys coming out of the limo and they're introducing themselves. They're coming out. The thing that I hate about this show is that, A, it's so long. I need it to be shorter. And number two, I think they need to stop doing the, when they cut to commercials, saying, coming up on The Bachelorette. Because that ends up being like two minutes before they go to commercial where they say, coming up on, and they show us all the scenes that are going to be after the commercial. Stop doing that, ABC. It's annoying. Just cut the episodes down to an hour. We don't need an hour and a half or two hours or however the fuck long these are. Um, will I watch it all? Of course I will. But it does feel like a huge time commitment. Like, I'm on this bachelorette journey, I'm thinking, am I going to be able to keep up with this? Because it seems like a lot. Oh, but so Dale. Dale, she meets this guy when he comes out of the limo, and she falls in love with him at first sight. Which, that was a moment where I thought was cute. I was like, oh my god, I, I sort of got that. I do think you can fall in love with first sight. I believe in that. Um, but then I started to get suspicious, because she just played into it too much. And I, I don't know, forgive me, I don't know what happens. I don't follow, like, Bachelor news. So I don't know if this has been revealed in like the blogs or the news or something. I was watching this all with fresh eyes. Uh, so I don't know if it was revealed. I know Claire leaves or gets kicked off the show or something mid-season. And I believe, maybe this is not even like breaking news, maybe this already happened, but I believe that her and Dale knew each other before got, getting on this show. And so I feel like they had a little romance going and now they're just acting it up. That's what I believe. But this Dale, I mean, he seems fine. I did see online that Dale Dale used to be sorry, I can't say the word Dale without saying it like that. Dale. Um sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh but Dale used to be a Halloween costume model. So you guys know when you go to like a spirit Halloween shop and you see those costumes of like man and hot dog, you know, and there's like a picture on the front of the costume of the man in a hot dog costume. Well apparently that was Dale. And if that's not a boner killer, I don't know what is. If that's not a boner killer, I don't know what is. I saw some of the photos of Dale, and he's a handsome man. Those eyes are stunning. I was falling for him when I was watching the episodes. And then I see he's a Halloween costume artist, and I'm thinking, that's not it, Dale. That is not it. But Claire loves him. Claire is into him. She's not even showing anyone else attention. And the other guys are getting jealous about it. 
I get that. They're pissed because they're thinking, why did I come all this way? And they all want to be famous, obviously. I think people go on these shows to just get Instagram followers. But when Dale's getting all the camera time, they're all probably thinking, oh, we're fucked. Um, so they're trying to get the attention. But I don't think, I know they're all there for the Instagram followers. They're probably not even there to fall in love with Claire. But if they were, giving them the benefit of the doubt, if they were there to fall in love with Claire, how could you fall in love with Claire? Because she just doesn't seem, she doesn't seem great. Right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I wrong? I'm a little scared to give my opinions on The Bachelor because, because I had Rachel Lindsay on the program on Everything Iconic a few weeks back, and I wasn't familiar with Bachelor Nation. And Bachelor Nation's very intense. It's intense. I'd say it's even more intense than Bravo Nation. We don't call ourselves Bravo Nation. We should, maybe. Uh, but I didn't realize it, that uh, Bachelor Nation is very intense. Uh, so I hope people aren't going to be mean to me about my opinions on The Bachelorette, because I'm scared of the internet as it is, let alone uh, entering this new world. Um, and I don't know if we're going to talk much about The Bachelorette going forward, but I just had to get these thoughts off my chest. Um, do I have any other thoughts? Let me think. I'm going to keep watching. I'm excited. Um, and yes, I do hate this woman, Claire. I do. It's my truth. Um, and I believe that ABC wants us to hate her. Oh, and they keep telling us about her being 39. 39, as if it's so fucking old. Is anyone else tired of that? And I know I'm new to this world, but apparently they've never had someone 39 years old on this program before. And that's, first of all, a problem. I know there's lots of problems with this show. But number one on the list is the fact that they've never had a lead person on the show who's 39 years old. That's not old, ABC. And now they're acting as if they just cured cancer. Every time they talk about it, like they're acting like they just did something so brave by putting a 39-year-old woman on this dating show. Like, they're, like ABC is just revolutionary for putting a 39-year-old white woman, straight white woman, on this show. Like, it's so special. And I'm thinking, really, ABC? That's what you're touting? That's it? You should try some other people on this show. Let's get some other people, other diversity on this show, not just the fact that she's 39. That's not even old. That's not old. That's like, uh, come on. I don't even know what else to say about it. I'm just pissed. Out. And even Claire is acting like, you know, I can't believe I'm on this show. I'm 39 years old. And it, like, what is this world? What is this world? that it, sh- it shouldn't be surprising that somebody's single at 39. That's not old. You know, in Bravo world, Bravo Nation, we're used to an older gal on television. Am I right? I see some, Ramona's 60-some years old. She's 65 or something. I don't know how old Ramona is. But it's not even rare to have the moms of these 60-something women on air. You know, we always see uh, Dorinda's mom was on this last season, I believe. We've seen the moms on these programs, and they're older. And Lois, Lisa Renna's mom's 80-something, and they were putting her on screen more than ever this past season. Lois was at the dinner parties on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's 80-something years old. And it wasn't even surprising. Of course, we didn't want to see Lois on, on camera. They were shoving her down our throats a little bit too much, I believe, although we love Lois. Uh, but she's an older gal, and it wasn't surprising to see Lois's face. But on The Bachelorette, 39 is like Lois years. In, Lo- <laughs> in, uh, in Lois years, The Bachelorette is 85. So, you guys, I don't understand. I don't understand the 39 thing. Also, the men were young. 39, okay. 39, I do believe, is very young still. However, the difference between a 39-year-old woman and a 25-year-old man is pretty extensive. 
Okay, especially a straight man. Straight men aren't, they don't mature the same way that women do. And so Claire is trying to date these 26 year old men. And I'm thinking, what is that choice? Why didn't they choose some older, hot older men? They could have gotten, this was our opportunity on The Bachelorette to show like some silver foxes and some silver daddies who are in their 40s because that's what a 39 year old woman should be dating because they need a mature, intelligent man, not a 25 year old side piece. Now, I do understand having a couple 25-year-olds on the show, you know, for Claire to get a hot piece of ass, but the, for the most part, the men, the contestants, should be in their 40s, and they should all be silver daddies, all be silver foxes. Did you guys see that Josh Dumel? I think I mentioned this on the show before, but he's like a silver fox now. Have you seen him? Woo! Oh, also Josh Hartnett. Have you guys seen Josh Hartnett lately? You guys, he's stunning. He's always been stunning. That neck mole he has has been haunting me my entire existence. Uh, anyway, you guys, that's neither here nor there. The point is, The Bachelorette, I'm on the journey. We might talk about it more. Who knows? Who knows? Don't pressure me, because I'm already feeling pressured. People are so still so mad about Orange County Housewives, which, by the way, I've talked about every week on this show. I'm just not doing the scene-by-scene recaps. And I'm still receiving emails and DMs, and it's intense. It's intense. The internet is intense. Especially now, we're a week away from the election. Everyone's uh, tensions are high. Tensions are high. So, you guys, that's it. Uh, I'm Danny Pellegrino. Follow me on social media, at Danny Pellegrino. Also, this week, we guys, we have an A-list guest coming up this week. A-list on the podcast. So, subscribe to that. It'll be out, I believe, Wednesday or something. It'll be out this week. An A-lister. Some juicy stuff. So subscribe. Also subscribe to the Spinoff Podcast, a very merry, iconic podcast on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. And oh, if you want to support this podcast, go to every uh, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you donate four dollars more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month. I'm covering Sex in the City there now. And if you want any of the merch, go to everythingiconic.store. We got these new, oh my god, you guys, we got these new cute uh headbands for face mask Fridays. So when you put on a face mask. We have these uh, reindeer headbands that are so cute for the holidays. I truly, uh, this is not even me bullshitting you guys. I think they'd make like the perfect stocking stuff for, <laughs> for literally anyone or to throw in with somebody's gifts. They're so adorable. They're reindeer face masks. We just got them in uh, headbands and they're adorable, adorable. So go to everythingiconic.store for those. We also have the crown ones, which also make a great stocking stuffer. I know we're still a while away from Christmas, but if you're looking for like a cute little gift add-on or just if you want to get someone a nice gift, um, everythingiconic.store. I love you all. Let's do our little cool down, shall we? Shall we? Okay, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. It's a stressful time right now, so we need to take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Guys, this week, just try to take some time to let all the clutter in your head get out of your head. Breathe it out. Envision yourself breathing out the clutter inside your head. Maybe I'm the only one who has clutter in my head. (laughs) Maybe some of you are thinking, I don't have clutter in my head. Well, I do, and I need to breathe it out sometimes. So uh, try to remember to do that. Vote, 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 vote. So important. Uh, And after you do, try to find some you time. You know, do a face mask. Get some seasonal skincare. Whatever you gotta do. I love you all. Bye-bye. 
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.